bit about uh, I'm on my 11th week of the uh, 12 weeks with Nightmare Puppeteer. It's really been a lot of fun. I've really enjoyed uh, digging deep down into it and I've been using it primarily to uh, craft a little series that I've, I've been working on and also to do these intro animations for a, a YouTube uh, channel that I've created called The World Beyond, which is sort of a reflection of my growing up. We used to have this really wonderful theater in downtown Glendale, Arizona called the, uh, the Glen Theater. And every Saturday afternoon, they would show uh, a, they would have this horror uh, film uh, every Saturday, a different one every time. And they were always the cheesiest because they were cheap. So you'd always get the cheesiest stuff. So I created this uh, uh, show in which I got public domain horror films, um, mostly from archive.org, and then did little introductions in Nightmare Puppeteer of this sort of ghoulish character in the Victorian scene. And uh, I do little introductions that are kind of silly and uh, put those in front of the movie and then play the movie for the rest of the time. I've got about six of them up there so far, and they're a lot of fun. I've really oh, yeah, been... that set must be perfect for that with the fireplace and everything. And uh huh, yeah, oh, cool. exactly. Sort of fake uh, BBC, you know? Yeah, because the guy's really creepy. He's that sort of sort of stone faced guy with the eyes really light, and I put the black hair, really black hair, on him in a suit. It's really funny. <laughs> but anyway, uh -huh. I've enjoyed it Im immensely, and. Um, so this week, we're going to do a little brief interview with you on, uh, I want to talk a little bit about where you, what, what has happened since you released it up till now, your reactions to it. And then we'll talk a little about some of the new updates. And then I want to also talk about MDAL and your production process for that. So why don't we start out with you telling us, um, what's your favorite, or do you have a favorite part of uh, Nightmare Puppeteer? being a developer and a creator is there some aspect of it that you like a lot you're really happy with how it turned out or is just the whole thing make you happy yeah i'd say probably just the speed that at which you can do stuff so i'm also a musician so just the fact that i can make a song and then export the vocals um, isolated then export the background music and just launch nightmare puppeteer load in the vocal load in the background music, click some toggles, and then they'll automatically dance to the music and then go and make a whole music video in like 20 minutes. Oh, man. So just that I can go from not having a song to a new song to a fully animated music video. So it's the speed. The speed and the workflow is what I like about it the best because if you just get some random idea, you can just go do it. You know, there, there isn't some big setup process or whatever. So... Yeah, it's just the speed. And I, I mean, I mean, I use it a lot myself for a ton of things. So, um, yeah, I would say the speed is what I like about it the best. Right. Well, another thing is the, with the way you've set it up with uh, uh, different looks, fit different flavors and also automatic uh, um, automatic figures that can come in there that are very strange and then quick animation. You can just pop through on the keyboard. As you say, you could do a. a animation that would take a week in half an hour or an hour for just an idea that came into your head 
which I think is a, there's something to be said for being able to do something quickly um, and, and, and just get it right out of you. For one thing, you don't have to do this whole process, which I think holds people down, which is, oh, that isn't very good. They're not going to like that. That's going to be terrible. You just bypass all that shit and you just make it. I'd love looking through your uh, uh, imagination rabbit tutorial to see what new thing you've done in Nightmare Puppeteer, because you're just such a, a master of it. Um, I love those little, I told you a couple of times, I love those little suspense shorts that you've done. They're these little nasty little short. Like the radio human. things? Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those are great. Yeah. So again, just the speed, you know, that's just going to Incompetech. I think it is the guy who has all the royalty free music. Right. Kevin, Kevin McLeod. And then just downloading a track, loading it into a DAW, an audio application, playing the song, making some stuff up, dumping it in a nightmare puppeteer. And then now you have this fully animated weird video, you know? So. Right. Um, yeah. It's just the like in in programming and software stuff you know prototyping is like a big thing the speed of iteration so you know you're supposed to not think about your ideas but actually build them prototype them and test them so what you're talking about is just like instead of just thinking and thinking about this thing it makes it so easy to do it you can just go prototype it and if it's not good just tweak it and change it and fix it because it's so fast it doesn't take any time so the speed the iteration time is like really fast yeah yeah, I think that's one thing that I, I realized while I was working um, over the last several weeks in Nightmare Puppeteer, that it can also, in addition to be doing a, a finished product, you can do it for sketches. Like, mm-hmm. I have this idea that I want to try out and see what this looks like. And then in the process of doing it, you go, well, that's a very interesting idea like that. And it gives you it gives you like f- immediate feedback on you know, your initial idea and you can expand on it. Like I was doing, um, I was trying out a scene from a little series I was doing and I was doing a, a, it's like a noir, weird noir thing. And I wanted to do the lighting um, different. I wanted to do that noir lighting, but I couldn't find it. I couldn't figure out how to do it inside of Nightmare Puppeteer. So you remember I asked if you could create a a dark level level editor. And with that dark level editor, I could create, it was a scene set in an alley. And I wanted the light to cast the shadow of one of the characters on the wall. So I just put the two walls up, stuck the light behind it. And then the main character was talking to the shadow. Did it work? It did. It oh, were, in cool. fact, it, it worked better than I imagined. Uh, and it gave me it. That's the reason why I mentioned this, is because once I saw that, I said, well, wow, I can use this in other places in the little series. You know, if he's just a shadow, then you don't never know what he really looks like. So that when you finally get to the climax, you can see what he actually looks like in real life. Now that changed the way I thought of the story too. So it was a, not only was it a learning process, but it was a, it was feet. It fed back mm. ideas for me at the same time. Yeah. There was another user who asked me if you can make the characters invisible because he wanted to do something where he just had the props talking. So you can make the actors invisible and just have the props. And ah. I believe there's a toggle where then 
it's voice activated where they'll wiggle whenever you start talking. Huh. So then this guy wanted to just have his props, you know, pretend like a potato talking or whatever. So, but um, yeah, I just like, you know, having the most tools, like not too many, but just the flexibility. Right. And that's what I try to do in Nightmare Puppeteer. So you can choose how you want to do things. It's like, if you wanted to do two characters talking to each other, you could bring in two fully edited audio tracks, dialogue tracks, you know, that are already cut up with the timing. I mean, they're already, mm -hmm. it's all one thing, two tracks, or you can bring in the individual tracks and use the tab to talk mode to have them react to each other live, you know? So right. it's like, yeah. Yep. I love that part of it. That's really great. Like that was one of the things I wanted to cover a little bit. Yeah. Or you could do the live mics and just be live on there with someone else, both of you, you know, doing a right. live stream. Yeah. Now you released this back in what it was, uh, October of last year. Roughly? Yeah. Around then. Mm -hmm. Right then. So it's been a year since it's been out. What, what are you, how has it been for you? How is, what has the response been like? Um, well, there really hasn't been any response. I mean, uh, <laughs> like I don't luckily I'm responding. Come on. Yeah, well, <laughs> Um, I would say not much. I mean, um, luckily we don't even, we don't have to make any money with it. I mean, that's why it's only $5. So it's like, it's not making or breaking our studio. Um, we didn't do any promotion, no marketing, nothing. Um, uh, I've seen some really interesting things that people have made with it, which for, for me, it makes it worth it. And, um, like recently, I made an entire animated feature film with it just to show people like, Hey, this is possible. And um, I'm hoping because someone could take it and create a series that they like sell the Netflix or something. It's possible, uh -huh. you know, you're flexible. So um, I think it's one of those things that some like famous person or whatever is going to have to do something with it to show people like, Oh, this is a thing. Cause I just think so much, especially since it's sold in a video game store and just that video game frame of mind, it's like, this is not a game. Ah, you know, I don't want to have to use my imagination. So, right. um, but you know, as a creator developer, like I really, I made the thing I wanted to use and I still use it. And yeah. if anyone uses it, as you've seen yourself, um, and that they have suggestions or requests, I'm more than happy to put them in if I can. Sure. So, um, yeah, it's, I mean, it's something for a very tiny, you know, um, audience that wants to do this stuff and is really about doing it. So um, it's just like with development too, too, it's just, it's continuous. So it's not like things stop or you have these points where it's like, okay, how's it going now? It's just like with Steam, you can pop in and see if anyone's playing the game at the time and how many people play it per day or whatever. Um but uh, yeah, I don't know. It's my first kind of tool thing I've ever released. So I've learned a lot. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's been fun. I'm just looking. I, I imagine like in five or 10 years, someone will find it and then make some crazy thing with it or something. But <laughs> maybe not. I don't know. Now, in a year, it's changed a lot. Could you have imagined that you had the connect to motion capture? No, which is weird. I think someone had asked for that very, very early on. But see, some people like me, you tend to get into these modes of like, 
this is how you're supposed to use it. I was in this mode of like, this is how you're supposed to use it. You're supposed to trigger the animation with the keys. So when someone asked about the connect, it was just like, that's not how you're supposed to use it. Being a new developer and then doing what I wanted to do with that and then getting feedback from other people. And then it becomes like, oh, you want to do that? Sure. Okay. I can put that in there. Like, that's not what I intended, but hey, you want to do it? And I can, it doesn't break it. So no, I mean, it's gone in places now where sometimes when I first open it again and look at the code, I'm just like, what the hell did I do? You know, (laughs) like I built in this whole looper system, the vloopers, this visual. Oh, I love the V loopers. And like, I don't know if anyone's used it, but I'm just like, how the fuck did I code that? Like, what the hell? Like, but, but actually from doing those, um, those things, now I'm doing the interactive experience for mdoll yeah and i had to do something where i had to build my own sort of dvd player and synchronize the multiple audio tracks and all this stuff and from building those bloopers and nightmare puppeteer kind of gave me the confidence and the experience to do it yeah um, yeah so i mean there's so much stuff in there now like i i think i added in like a webcam that can be used as a person's face and yes you can do the web the webcam with the green screen and i know I, I i discovered that a couple of weeks ago and i was like man this is just crazy the shit you can do yeah the the manual is like it's way overdue so um there's so much stuff i've added just like when you had asked me about changing the scene lighting and then i forgot i think i sent it to you but there is a keyboard shortcut where you can change the brightness of all the lights right. in the scene. Right. but i forgot about that so the so you know I'm in active development of Nightmare Puppeteer. We're making films, interactive stuff. So it's like. Right. All these uh, things you're juggling to try to keep it up in the air. Yeah. Yeah. What are some of the more recent things that you've added to uh, Nightmare Puppeteer? Um, I would say the 3D model import would probably be one of the most recent things. And I've, I've massaged it and fine-tuned it pretty well so that DAS models come in and just work. Um and so the, I think that's like a big thing because I've done it for some projects. Like, you know, there's so many Daz models out there. Yeah. And like I found like a Daz, John McClain, is that his name? It's like Bruce Willis from Die Hard. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just imported them. Now he's a Nightmare Puppeteer. And I added the option where you can keep their heads if you want, bring in your whole model. And then the lip sync is set up already. So um that's probably one of the more recent things. I thought the blobs were really interesting too. The clay. Oh, the clay. Yeah. So, so I added clay so that you can make heads and bodies for your characters out of clay or add clay onto the existing bodies. And then a feature I have to still have to add is I need to add the clay to the level editor. So then you can build structures out of the clay too. Right. Well, it struck me as that you could do an interesting, um, like one of the most popular uh, uh, YouTube video series is these, oranges that the guy has superimposed faces on them the annoying they, orange guy, yeah. yeah the annoying and it struck me is that you could do a similar kind of animation using the blobs but do it on the green screen uh uh set um because then you could make them have automatic lip sync you could put them in like in a bar take a take a video of a bar or something yeah and- I think in one of the demos, I made a head out of the clay and then there's several mouths in mm-hmm. Nightmare Puppeteer's level editor that have lip sync. And I'm pretty sure I stuck one of those mouths on them and then, you know, it was talking and I stuck right. mouths on it or something. But yeah, I, I don't think I've seen anyone else use the clay. I haven't seen anything in it. So 
Um, maybe there's some we'll bug to do something with the clay. Maybe there's a bug that makes their computer blow up and kills them and they're all dead. And I just don't know. <laughs> could be, you know, it could be that they're all standing outside your window going, what's the next thing you're going to make? What's the next thing? Yeah. All two of them, Ricky. <laughs> so now do you have any, now I know you're uh, ensconced in um, MDAL and we'll talk about that in a minute, but uh, do you, what are your, plans for the future for nightmare puppeteer i mean additions and fixing i know you're going to work on the uh the manual a bit at some uh, point in the future. so there are some things i really want to try to tackle so one of them is finding a way to do facial expressions so um yeah that's something i really need to put some time into to figure out a novel way of doing that and so it'll probably be some dirty, like weird, funny thing, like not dirty as in it, you know, improper, or whatever. I just mean like rough. I mean like, rough. Yeah. In yeah. terms of developing and coding, putting it together quickly. Um, and also for, I've had features in mind for a long time to add uh multiplayer functions um, so that you can, well, yeah. So that you can work in, with other people, like connect to other people through nightmare puppeteer and have them be in your scenes and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. Um, I wanted to add a, a telephone to it and I have to go and look at my notes to remember what I actually wanted to do with the phone, but because, <laughs> you know, there's a desk with the VCR, the tape and all this. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. 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 The telephone you gotta have might, a phone in there. Yeah. Yeah. The telephone might to have been, it, I think it was going to randomly call other people on steam using nightmare puppeteer. And then you can press a button and then they'll become the voice of your second actor. So oh, that's a great idea. Um, I love that because then you could hook up with a friend and say, Hey, I'm going to give you a call at 10 and we're going to do this little fun scene together. And they're all set. Yeah. I also thought just because, because uh, you know, just randomly connecting to people too, just uh -huh. that kind of surprise. And it's just a voice. So they can't expose their genitals to you or stuff like that where, you know, <laughs> um, yeah, I have an official list somewhere. Yeah, I have that problem when I call strangers. They oftentimes on video vocals will want to expose themselves. I mean, the I don't internet. know why. Maybe it's just me, you know. That's what everyone's doing, it seems. That's why I included all that. Did I include genitals and nightmare puppeteer? Yeah, there's a big floppy ones that are blurred out. Yeah, there are some real big floppy ones, real big ones. In fact, <laughs> you did a video in which there was one that was John Holmes time, you know. Wow. Hey, but uh, it's pixelated. It's blurred yes, out. Yes, yes. So it's acceptable. <laughs> uh, you know, you you added quite a few scenes, uh, interesting scenes to it. Like, I really appreciate you added that sort of sleazy bathroom, which I love so much. Um, but you also did a couple others. Which What were the other ones you added? Um, I believe there was a graveyard. Um, oh, cool. Yeah, a graveyard, a bathroom. And there was one more that I don't even remember. Oh, you um, had a pharmacy, I think, was one of them. It was like a I, department I store. I, I don't think I added. I have those queued up. I have to do those. I have about 12 more sets that are ready to go that I have to add. Right. But I didn't add those yet. So, yeah, more sets coming to it. Um, I have to think about whether I'm going to try to add more models to it built in or just continue to expand and make it easier to import your own models. Yeah, that's a hard one to figure. Put the content in already or allow people to make it easier to bring their own. Yeah, content. I'll do both. Um, but, you know, it's like, where's that? Where's that? Balance? Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, well, let's talk about MDOL. So tell us now this MDOL is your, for those who don't know or listening to this, um, is uh, your first feature film in some time. How many years now? Since 2014. So seven years. Seven years. Mm-hmm. What brought you back to feature animated film creation? Well, uh, by the time I did the last one in 2013 to 14, I think we released it in January 2014, <clears throat> which you played a starring voice, voice role, of course, Ricky, as Mayor Tom. Yep. Did an awesome job as that creepy guy. Love and, doing um, that. So that was in the, the normal offline style of animated filmmaking where I used Cinema 4D. I rendered things. I didn't have that immediate real-time feedback. Um, but the workflow, the process that I was using back then, I, I think I had perfected it because I finished that two-hour film from, start, from writing the first word of the script to having the final cut within 12 months. So I was like, two-hour movie, one person, 12 months, pretty good. But I think it it really like burned me out too to do that. And so then I just figured I was I felt comfortable with animation and filmmaking. Like it was just what I did, you know, storyboarding, setting up shots, animating it. I didn't have to think about it. Right. It was very easy. I'm not saying I'm creating the best stuff in the world, but the process of production became very easy. And then in that feeling of it being easy, it felt like I was um complacent and i've always been influenced by video games and so for a, a couple times throughout the years i would see stuff about unity or games and then go look at it maybe even install it then look at the programming side and get scared and go back to animation and film yeah and so i just thought that at that point in my career i was like yeah, i'm kind of complacent with this i need to be thrown totally into a whole new thing that i'm uncomfortable i'm a beginner i know zero so i went into game stuff and and put out a bunch of games did the game thing was read all the books on ai and game design all the stuff was all about it and then through doing all that technical stuff um i guess my my love and my passion for the art of filmmaking came back uh my appreciation for it came back because when I left it, I was like, ah, films, they're dead. You know, it's just a static thing. It's too out, whatever. Like, there's no future in that. Video games are exciting, interactive, blah, 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 blah. But then I found myself coming back to not even playing video games. I don't even like video games anymore. But I still watch for a few dollars more. Sword of Doom, Harakiri, Akira, Ghost in the Shell, Ninja Scroll, these movies. And I was like, hey movies are pretty cool. And I was pretty good at that. And then, um, so coming back full circle, now I'm using the game, game development tools and technologies to make films, but I'm also using my programming skills from game development to make the films better and all this stuff. So it was really just kind of, you know, you don't know how much you love something until you walk away from it. And then, yeah, yeah. you know, because you took I, a d- deep dive into uh, coding for Unity, right? Yeah, I'd probably be like a intermediate, <laughs> maybe like well, Unity definitely like expert coder in Unity overall. Um, yeah, I can pretty much code anything I can imagine now, which is really exciting. Wow! Um, but uh, that's why I'm coming to these tools. And I had a request from a friend 
then I'm going to start on a new creative tool for a very kind of niche thing. It's kind of like Nightmare Puppeteer, but it's sort of different. So um, that's kind of real interesting too, to try to help, you know, like I spent all these years learning all these different things. And it's like, well, how can I make tools so other people don't have to spend 20 years learning all these different things right, and just right. go and make stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So you're, you're product. So, uh, so what you're saying is that you, after going back to uh, uh, unity and learning the code base that changed the way you did your production on your new film M doll, right? Yes. It's all inside unity, all in a game engine, all real time. Um, no, I didn't, I modeled a few things. I animated even fewer. Um, it's a whole new different way of making films. And it's, I think it's the best way. I think it's the future yeah. of filmmaking is all real-time game engine stuff. So, so now what was the difference in time between, you know, making your last film in the traditional way and this new film, what was the difference in time there? So there's two big differences. I would say I'll talk about the time, but you also have to look at the quality, the visual quality and the animation quality. Right. So this new one took me four months versus 12 months for the ooh, other ooh, one. Ooh, ooh. And I think it's the best looking, best animated thing I've ever done. Um, and yeah, it was four months. The, the, I mean, render times weren't even really a thing. It's just like finish sequencing a shot press record and it pretty much plays back maybe at half speed or something, but right, right. I mean, just the, the ability to iterate quickly. Oh, I just rendered a shot. I don't like it. Change the thing, render it again. You know, it takes 30 seconds. So you can yeah. just tweak, 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 tweak and get way better results where with the old way I had multiple computers, you know, rendering overnight and I'd have to wait for the next day to even see the shots so then you get this kind of built-in resistance to wanting to change anything and yeah. just like, it's good enough because I don't want to re-render it. So yeah. there were mistakes, errors, lazy things, things were unclear in my old films that I will not do now because I have the speed and the ability to just fix it. Whereas right. back then I had to just like suck it up and go forward because yeah. I didn't want to spend, you know, five years on a film. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. Boy, that must have been liberating for you, that feeling of being able to see problems and fix them immediately. Yeah, in, in this film, Doll, I finally feel like, hey, this is what I always wanted to do. This, These were my ideas that I wanted to do. I couldn't execute them because I wasn't a good enough animator. I wasn't good enough at this. The tools were holding me back, were too slow, too expensive. And finally, now watching this Doll, I'm like, oh, this is my thing. This is what I always wanted to do. I just couldn't do it. Right. Now, Emdahl, that was the main character in We Are the Strange, right? Yeah, so the it's the same character from that, except now he's in CG, so he's 3D. So in We Are the Strange, he was a stop-motion doll, so a real right. a real doll. And then um, I, I found a doll 3D model that kind of looked like him, and then I took photos of his face and then applied the texture onto this model. So now he lives in 3D world. So I was just interviewing him actually yesterday for the the MDAL interactive experience. Yes, uh, tell me about that. You you decided to not only expand into uh, uh, real time cinema, but you've also expanded into augmented reality and uh, and VR, right? No, it's not VR. It's just um, I, what I did. I don't think anyone's ever done this before. So you're watching an animated feature film, right? 
And the scene in the movie, let's say, is on these docks by the ocean, right? While you're watching the movie, you press start on your joystick or return on your keyboard, and you go into an interactive version of that scene of the movie that you were just watching. And now you can walk around it, explore it, right? And I even took pieces of the scene of the movie so the actor are standing there frozen and you can walk up to them and press a button and then play back the scene and then watch it from all these different angles um and there's director commentary and all those scenes too you can play and listen to while you explore the scene and a couple other little things and then when you press the button then you leave the interactive scene and go right back to the movie where you left off so um i created two new made up standards i call vhs plus plus and dvd plus plus so you can watch the film in vhs with full vhs video and, and audio artifacts oh, I even, that's great i even custom coded like i, I processed the audio so i, I yeah. um, low pass whatever and i even right. coded to automate the warping of the pitch every <laughs> once in a while like the tape slowing down right 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 um and then the when you watch the vhs you cannot fast forward it. You cannot um, rewind it. You can just watch it, uh-huh. play and stop. The DVD, you can move chapters. So I emulated those um, technologies a little bit. Fantastic. God, that sounds great. Yeah, but, I saw uh, the, the piece that you released on uh, YouTube. And it was, I thought it was just incredibly um, inventive and creative. Yeah, and it's kind of shocking to me that no big studio has done this before. Because yeah. I'm just one person. And of course, if you create the film in a game engine, it lends itself perfectly to this because you just use the same sure. scene. You just have to optimize them a bit so they can play back in real time. But, you know, like, yeah, I imagine watching a film, you know, I'd watch the film first, the whole film, and then I'd want to go back and then go into the scenes, right? And walk around and check the different camera angles. And, right. and the director commentary I'm doing for it is very much like kind of nuts and bolts about making films this way and encouraging people to explore the different angles and the scenes and why I shot things a certain way. So it's, um, yeah. Cool. So now when, um, when do you think it's going to be officially released? Uh, right now we're looking at October 29th. Wow. That's coming up, man. Yeah, and it has uh, multiple soundtracks. I commissioned four different uh, musicians to create four different soundtracks. I did one myself, too. So they're radically different, too. One is like a a Russian guy who does, like, alternative electro chip. I don't even know what to call it. And then uh, another one is a classical chiptune soundtrack. So it's all classical songs and chiptune style done by a guy in Venezuela. And then one is a noise, a harsh noise soundtrack done by <laughs> a noise musician in, yeah, uh, yeah. in London. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just like, I kind of, kind of saddened by the demise of DVDs because yeah. I thought the DVD standard was pretty cool and all the different things you can do in it. And right. then when I look at when people buy movies now on iTunes or whatever, like they have extras, but they're just kind of additional videos. You know, and it kind of yeah, they're it, they're pretty bland and um, and and well, they're pretty typical. They do the same shit all the time. You know, the sit the actor in a director's chair. Well, I really like making this movie. It was it's just like so what? Who cares? 
Yeah, I feel like it needs some disruption and some innovation. So that's what I'm doing. I'm doing a cool. whole new thing. And then I'm if no one listens to me, I don't have any social media, but whoever will listen, I'll be like, hey, you should bug the movie studios whose movie you like and tell them that you want this with their yeah. movie. Why don't they yeah. do this? You know? Yeah, I get it. I get it. So now on October 29th, how can listeners uh, watch this movie? So the film, it's going to be released. The So if you want the film and the interactive version, it's going to be released on Steam. So you would just find it on Steam by searching for MDOLL, M space D-O-L-L. Mm-hmm. And then either on that day or shortly thereafter, I'm going to release it for free on YouTube and I'll put it on archive.org. I'll just put it everywhere. But I think you're probably going to want to check out the interactive version. So if you get the one on Steam, if your computer can support it, you can play it back at 4K. So it's a 4K version of the film um, and interactive, multiple soundtracks and all that. So, um, yeah. Lovely. Lovely. Well, listen, thank you very much for talking to me today. Um, uh, stay around afterwards. I want to chat with you a little bit about a couple other things, but I got to okay, close. Well, up thanks for, for being interested in it. I mean, no one else is asking me about it. So, <laughs> oh man, I think <laughs> it's fantastic. Talk about it. I think it's fantastic. I've been sharing it with everybody, as many people as I can. That's why I decided to do the twelve week uh, thing. Um, yeah, to get I more think people really, interested. I think it's really cool too, and I'm just kind of surprised. I'm just, I mean, I, I sometimes think I'm like, well, I made a tool that relies on imagination at like the least imaginative time in human history. Human <laughs> history, so <laughs> Maybe that's it. <laughs> I don't know, but it's like, man, if I found this when I was 10 years old, I would go nuts. I know. I know. I know. There's so many great things. I really just love it. A tool is always, you know, you have a good tool when you start getting inspired, you start getting ideas from it. You know what I mean? Yeah. If, sometimes you sit down with new tools that go, wow, you can do this stuff so fast. This was really great. And you sit down and you go, oh, now where's I got to get the. So 20 minutes later, you're still just starting on it. You know what I mean? It's and the then an hour later, you're, you haven't made a goddamn thing. Yeah, It's the number of steps and the complexity. And, you know, I've been lucky to have all these years and I still have all day and all night to do this shit, but most people do not. They have an hour or two maybe after work or whatever. So it's like nightmare puppeteer is really a thing. If you only have an hour or two, you can do something, you know? Sure. Sure. Okay. Well, thank you. Now, how should I refer to you? Are you the artist formerly known as M.Strange? I don't know. You can call me whatever you want. Just make a name up right now. Um, uh, Oh gosh, that's a hard one. The Animan. You're the Animan. Do I have a last name? Animan Puncture. All right, I like that. Please. Animan Puncture. I'm Animan Puncture. Very good. LLC. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.